0: Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Fan Sighted, Daily DDT. My man, how you doing? Doing great, brother. How about you? Doing good, man. Kick a plane. We're taping this on Thursday, June 22nd. We have lots to talk about. But you can find Graham Matthews on social media, Twitter, at WrestleRants. Find myself on IG and Twitter, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y letter J-C-R-U-Z, find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on Amazon Music, as well as YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast, also on TikTok, at two out of three Falls pod, go ahead, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, show some love and support for the program, so Graham Matthews, we got CM Punk back in AEW, we got a Bloodline Civil War uh, crumbling, we got the Money in the Bank coming up. In about a week and a half, we got uh, more people involved in the money in the bank. So let's start with this. Obviously, the big news is, um, you know, CM Punk being out for almost a year from from AEW with the injury and also the whole backlash with the the elite and everything. And he comes back on a brand new show, AEW Collision, which airs on Saturday now. Um, I saw the promo. I'm happy to see him back. I've always been a big CM Punk fan. Uh, But besides all that, I think we 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 touched up on this two weeks ago and i wanted to say it again that in pro wrestling when there's times where there's real legit real life uh beef and if there's a way you could portray that on tv to make more money for yourself for the company and have more people watching your program i think that's the best way to do it i've seen it Uh, with Edge and and Matt Hardy, We've seen it with uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. We've seen it with John Cena and Orton, Orton and Edge, all these guys who had a somewhat real-life tension bringing out the Scream and make a lot of money and create some great storylines. I think the bottom line is I'm happy to see Punk back in AEW, good for him. But I think that if AEW does not capitalize on somehow getting CM Punk in the elite, in the same ring together, doing a storyline together. If you just keep those people, those entities separate from now on, I think it's, it's. I know AEW is very young, but it could be one of the biggest blunders they've had since their, uh, you know, startup. But um, what was your initial take of seeing Punk back? Seeing CM Punk back on AEW, the promo, and do you think we will ever see him in the Elite
1: kind of clash on TV? I don't think it's impossible. I think that I think the biggest obstacle from what I understand is that there's legal barriers there now with the lawsuits and whatnot coming out of brawl out from last September. So I'm not expecting it. Will it never happen? I don't know if it'll never happen. The problem is that by the point that it probably could happen, I don't want to say no one will care, but it won't be as prevalent of an issue as it is mm-hmm. right now. So I don't expect them to work together anytime soon. I don't know if that's From what I understand, from what it sounded like Mark Ramondi, our own, obviously, right. uh, talking to Punk last week, doing that great interview with him. I read the entire thing. <clears throat> and Punk himself mentioned that he would love to work with the Bucks or the Elite or whatever and kind of make money from the angle. Now, could he just be saying that to make him to make himself look better for the interview? Possibly, but I would assume that's probably the case, and the Elite just don't want to work with him. Or they've been advised legally to not work or interact with Punk, not even talk to him. So it sounds like there's a big obstacle there keeping them apart. It sounds like Kenny Omega doesn't give a shit and he would be willing to right. do it. The Bucks, not so much. So it is a big blunder to not delve into that at a time when AEW, they have a good product, but they could really use that big angle to really lure people in and kind of get them excited for a show like All In, where they've already sold, what, 70,000 tickets or whatever. um And Wembley Stadium in London coming up later on in the summer. So. I'm not expecting it. It would be a massive blunder. I agree. It's unfortunate. These grown men just can't work together and get over their issues. Whoever the problem might be. Um, punk, just being back in general, I'm excited for, I'm a punk Mark. So any show that he's on, I'm, I, I watch all wrestling anyway, for the most part, but I will be especially excited for any show that he's on. He just brings a different vibe. In my opinion, any show that he's on, uh, I thought his return on <clears> collision last week was cool. He was on dynamite last night, making a surprise appearance. And, uh, We'll see what he does going forward. He's kind of involved in multi-man matches right now. He's going to be involved in the Owen Hart Cup on Collision. So it seems like he'll be relegated to that show, and hopefully that show can be treated with as much importance as Dynamite is. That's kind of the hope, and hopefully they can kind of be treated with that same level of importance but uh yeah punk being back is a positive at least from an on-air standpoint i don't work there i don't work behind the scenes so i'm not sure how many people actually do not like punk there was a big divide there at one and there probably still is Mm. of people who just don't want him there and you can't have that civil war uh, going on behind the scenes but beyond that from an on-air perspective i do think he adds a lot to the product he's a big name and there's (laughs) a lot more for him to do in that company
0: well we do have a civil war going on just at a different company right now
1: (laughs) yes Um, exactly
0: so if you were okay let's say all the legal stuff is completed i i I do understand that part i would just it's not that I don't want to do it it's I legally can't do it you know what I'm saying okay all right bet let's say that no. goes out the window and everything is done how do you incorporate like what do you do first if they say all right all handcuffs are off we can do a punk elite kind of whatever now. Like, how would you start off? Are you starting off with Punk and Omega? Are you starting off with tag team with FTR and the Elite? And then you break it down into, like, how do you how do you incorporate that as far
1: as the, the, the wrestling aspect goes? I mean, I guess it's whatever you consider the bigger attraction. FTR and the Bucks are no friends either. I mean, they're no strangers to each other in the ring, but they have their fair share of bad blood, presumably. And even Dax Harwood has said this. Um, outside of the ring from the last couple of years and even prior right. to their time in AEW. So in my mind, I, as, as as if I'm playing Booker here, I would think Punk and Omega one-on-one would be the bigger attraction because that's like the big dream match, the best of one generation against the best of another generation, the best of today's generation, whatever you want to say. Um, specifically, I mean, Punk's stronger on the mic than Omega is. Omega's probably stronger in the ring than Punk is, but it would still be a terrific match. I would probably start, with the six man. I mean, honestly, I think it would work out well this way. This won't happen, but I would do punk and FTR in London, kind of Bret Hart style, um, wearing the pink and black and all that other sort of stuff against the elite at all in. And then a week later, cause all outs a week later, they haven't confirmed that. I don't think, but I'm pretty sure it's a week later in Chicago. You could then do punk and Omega on the very next week's pay-per-view in Chicago. It's not going to happen. Um, There's never really a situation where you have one pay-per-view one week and a pay-per-view the next week. WWE has rarely done that. AEW has never done that, as far as I can remember. Um, But that's happening this year. It would work out perfectly that way. You could drag it out even further than that if you want. Tony Khan has a tendency of doing that. Um, Again, pie in the sky. This isn't going to happen anytime soon, if ever. Um, But that's probably what I would do to kind of set that match up.
0: And I think one aspect that we are both forgetting is that This whole thing kind of started off with Punk and Hangman. You know, we we haven't even mentioned, Of course. So it's like, I I guess by name, Omega and Punk is the bigger attraction. But I guess from a storyline and the real beef aspect, it is Punk and Hangman page. So I I don't think you start off right away with that. You kind of lead into that. But that's the one aspect. Like he, he, he really got more beef with Hangman than he does Omega.
1: Yes. Yeah, still, I don't know. Because um, I know he mentioned in the interview they were trying to move. I know it started with Hangman. You're right. And he doesn't. it doesn't sound like he has any issue with Omega. So you're actually right in that from a personal beef standpoint. I mean, depending on what way you want to spin it. I say Punk has no beef with Omega, but they could just make something up for the show yeah. or on the show and give them an issue. Hangman and Punk do, or at least did, maybe still do, have an issue with each other behind the scenes. Based on, they, they, it really did start with them and what hangman said about punk on the air and they were already not completely close behind the scenes but it was hangman's comment towards punk during their promo exchange before double or nothing last year that really kind of kicked this whole thing off punk even said that in the interview last week with mark and he mentioned that because nothing was done about it he felt like he had to to take matters into his own hands so yes you can always run that back punk was the one who beat hangman for that world championship that hangman has not held since you can kind of tie that into the story Mm -hmm. There are a lot of different directions you can go in with it. When I say the elite probably don't want to work with Punk, um, I would probably imagine Hangman being included in that, and he also wouldn't want to work with Punk. Legally, I'm not sure, because he was not involved, as far as I know, in the brawl out stuff. But you could possibly get him involved in this whole thing again, run back the Punk and Hangman thing. That would be entertaining TV, because like I said, I think this company, for as entertaining as they're, Program is right now weekly. Now they have Collision of the Docket as well. They need that big angle to really anchor them from week to week. I've liked the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club stuff. They have Omega and Takeshka and whatever, but I think Punk and the Elite would be that, I'll eke to kind of what the bloodline is right now to WWE. Would it be on that same level? No, that's a story three years in the making. But I still think Punk and the, and the Elite would be such a personal issue that a lot of people can get behind because almost everyone knows about it that i mean everyone that watches dynamite i would assume is aware of the issues between the two and why punk was gone i doubt people watch dynamite just don't know why punk was gone that would be they, they don't really have many casual viewers is my thing a lot of AEW fans are hardcore fans um uh, could be wrong on that but still that that's probably how i would book. so
0: it. right now currently because you know I, I tend to dabble in and out when i can what's the what's the biggest storyline right now in, uh in AEW right now
1: currently like story probably story i do match a storyline story yeah p- probably don Callis betraying kenny omega i mean that was kind of what was closing out shows mm-hmm. the last <laughs> couple of weeks and before double or nothing um kenosuke Takeshka siding with don Callis, replacing omega was kind of the big angle i'm just trying to think of what's closed out dynamite in recent weeks right now they're focused on forbidden door which doesn't have any long-term long term effects in the company. It should be a great show coming up on mm-hmm. Sunday, but like Okada, Danielson, Osprey, Omega, dream matches, but not matches that were really mad. I, d- I doubt Okada and Osprey will be on the show the following mm-hmm. week, is my thing. Tanahashi and MJF being another big match on that show. So, Uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest angle right now. Don Callis portraying Omega and uh, Omega wanting revenge. I can't really think of any other storylines bigger Mm. than that.
0: So no, no
1: storyline featuring their world champion MJF. So they did tease something or kick off something a couple of weeks ago with MJF and Adam Cole. Um, they had a match last week, which was great. They had a great 30 minute match that ended in a draw, (laughs) of course. And now (laughs) as of last night's dynamite, um, they're now going to be partners via a blind tag team eliminator tournament. So like, it's not that they chose to be partners. They were put together at random, Mm. you know, in storyline. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's what they're doing right now with them. Uh, I assume that builds to a rematch at some point, probably at all in or all out later on in the summer, but it's not a big, I mean, it is a big program. Has it been closing out their shows? No, MJF has not closed out dynamite in a long time now. I don't, which is pretty bizarre for the world champion is, as you mentioned, but um, yeah, that that's probably what MGF is doing next, coming out of Forbidden Door. Um,
0: yeah. So I listen. I, I try to dabble in when I can. I, I see, I've been seeing MGF and then Adam Cole going at it. I told I saw the thirty minute draw, and it just like um, how long MGF has been champion for? Quite a while,
1: right? seven months I mean he won it back in November full gear from John moxley so yeah seven months and has now. he have, has he been having like a good like reign like like a memorable reign or uh an all-time run no but that's just the nature of how they booked him as champion I mean the booking isn't bad I'm not gonna say him Jeff is uh, is badly booked he's one of the best booked individuals in the company at this mm. point It's just that because he wrestles so rarely yeah. and then they take their time with his feuds. For example, like he feuded with Ricky Starks for a couple weeks when he first won the championship, and that was a good match, good little program. He kind of spent the next three months feuding with Brian Danielson, and they had an amazing Iron Man match that he won. The Four Pillars program that they did with him, Guevara, Allen, and Jungle Boy, not the most memorable feud by any means, but the match was great at Double or Nothing, the four-way where he retained the title, and now he's kind of moved on to Adam Cole, so he's been champion for seven months. He's only had like two or three different feuds, maybe now four, which is fine. He doesn't need to be defending it every month in a new rival, challenger of the month. They've taken their time with his feuds, and that's probably an MJF. He's probably involved in that process because he kind of seems like an old school individual. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's been better AEW world champions, but there's also been worse. (laughs) So I've enjoyed his run, but that's just the nature of his run so far. Just the nature of his character Mm. is that he doesn't really... Um, talk too much and stuff Or not talk too much But doesn't wrestle too much In the weekly show
0: Before I move on To the bloodline Who do you feel is like The next in line To be world champion Like when, when MGF does Eventually drop the belt Is is it Adam Cole Is it somebody else You feel like Because you kind of felt like MGF was at that, at that point Like when Hangman And Punk and all that all right, MGF is kind of like The next guy To become world champion Is there that guy yeah. To
1: take off the belt From MGF One guy, no. I mean, you could argue Adam Cole. He's pretty hot as a babyface right now. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I wouldn't mind it if Cole was the one to take the title from him at All In or All Out or whatever. Um, I don't think they're going in that direction, so probably not. If not Adam Cole... The Wardlow ship has sailed. I mean, he just dropped the TNT title for a third fucking time since November. Um, He has completely cooled off to fucking Luchasaurus of all people, who I like. But it's like, dude, what are we even doing here at this point? Um, It's going to take a lot for people to take him seriously again at that level. I mean, he was the last person, I think, to beat MJF. I don't think MJF has lost a singles match since he lost to Wardlow at double or nothing Mm -hmm. last year. Um. Punk did tease going back after MJF on Collision in his return last week. He had like the bag with the belt in it, presumably, and he kind of teased in a, having a rematch with MJF, who the last time they faced off, he beat him as well. And now MJF is champion. So I don't think Punk takes the championship. I don't think he needs to. I don't think he should. Um, that's a. I mean, honestly, the person that I would like to see take the championship from him. There's no one obvious candidate. Is your question and that would be my answer there's no one obvious person i would say darby allen um he just got a shot a double or nothing in the four way um but he was pinned but there's just a long-standing history there where they work really well together one-on-one allen's never had his big moment as a world champion he's popular enough he's not really doing much right now he's kind of spinning his wheels he would be the person that i would build up to beat mjf one-on-one um, if not him, Adam Cole would be a fine option as well. If they wanted to go in that direction. Hmm.
0: Uh, we kept mentioning Civil War. So we got the bloodline. Um, again, we are in late June, but they go into early July. And, you know, what we've seen happen at WrestleMania I'm going to keep mentioning to you because I know you wanted Cody Rose to win the world title at <laughs> fucking WrestleMania, which, I, which if it happened to happen, I wasn't going to be mad either way. But as you see, as time is going on and they kept saying, you know, you know, let us tell a story. And I, I kept saying from day one, this, this bloodline thing was never about. It was never about Cody becoming world champion. It was, it was like the main yep. story that's going to go thread and thread and thread was the eventual, high mark for the bloodline and then the eventual the eventual crumble of the bloodline which means more with roman being world champion so you see him jimmy's out of the bloodline now you're seeing jay out, out, out um out the bloodline you know him super kicking roman uh twice on smackdown now you are seeing this divide of is here roman and solos on here and now you get the tag match at money in the bank the civil war tag match um that's gonna happen um which could main event, the whole entire program. Um, again, you as a fan, big Cody guy, you write all, over, all, all all the time about what's going on. Now, as time's going on, are you like, hmm, okay. Like I, my, my fandom for wanting Cody to win is getting lower and lower because now I
1: see the vision of what they were trying to do for the jump. No, I still think <laughs> Cody should have won and I still think <laughs> Cody should win. <laughs> My mind has not changed. I'm pretty consistent on that. Um, I'm not as adamantly upset. I mean, I wasn't upset. I'm not going to sit there crying about it, but I'm just saying I think it was dumb the more time went on. And I would listen, dude, I'm going to argue this now, and people will disagree, and people have disagreed, and people have their different viewpoints, and that's fine. I just don't think what they're doing right now with Roman, as amazing as it is, I just don't think it needs the championship. Now, I know what we've talked about this. I think the last time we spoke about it, I know you took the opposing viewpoint saying that it started with the championship and your big question was, which was a great question. Does the story get better with the championship involved? The stuff that we're seeing right now with the Usos, does it only escalate the championship and does it make the Cody rematch at some point, which I assume we're still getting, I mean, could Cody go after the World Heavyweight Championship when he's done with Dominic and Brock? Yeah. And honestly, even that would make a little bit more sense in the sense that that was the physical belt to a certain degree that Dusty held. He held the World Heavyweight Championship. He wants to actually, his whole story is that he never won the WWE title, Dusty didn't, and he wants to win that title. So. Probably doesn't make that much more sense, but I could see how they could spin and say, oh, I want the World Heavyweight Championship that has the same lineage that my dad held, which it's not the same lineage, and it's a different belt, but I could see the similarities there, obviously, with the big gold. Um, My thing is this. I think the stuff with the Usos, I know you can say Mm -hmm. that the Roman Reigns character, and he said three years ago, I've seen the clips, I've paid attention every single segment, where he's like, listen, this championship helps us provide for our family and all this other sort of stuff. Listen, I get it, and I'm not going to say that's a dumb like decision or a dumb idea. <laughs> I just think the stuff with the Usos, with Roman unraveling, like him losing the championship in Mania, he could be starting to slowly lose his mind and everyone else around him. And it's a story that just doesn't need the championship because my problem is this. You do the match of Money in the Bank, the Usos will probably win, but you get to SummerSlam and it's either Roman and Jimmy or Roman and Jay. Now, I'm not saying there's no chance that they'll win, but let's face it, it's not a pretty strong likelihood that Jay Uso is going to beat Roman Reigns. And I don't honestly even think that he should. My whole criteria, I got a couple different boxes that I feel that I think whoever beats Roman should check. That being someone who has not been at the main event level as a world champion before in this company, and also as someone who can benefit from beating Roman and stay at that level and be kind of like the next guy. Now, this company doesn't need the guy. Uh, Roman's always going to be that guy, champion or not. Nah. But I do think they can kind of build around someone like a Cody Rhodes is world champion and really benefit from beating Roman. He hasn't been pinned in years. I think Jay beating him only to lose the championship. A couple of months later would be pretty fucking dumb. Um, especially if it's just a Kofi type run and then he goes right back to the tag team division under the mid card or whatever. So I still think it'll be Cody, but I'm digging the Uso stuff. And I do think that, um, you know, Jay, I this, this is the problem. I think if, if the title wasn't involved, you can have Jay beat Roman, but I just don't think that's going to happen now that Roman is still champion. Mm-hmm. So, that's my that's my take on it.
0: And again, if it's not Cody Rhodes, I mean, listen, I don't mind if it's Jey Uso. I don't. I mean, if it, if it makes sense that the guy who's been world champion for fucking two, three years loses the belt to someone in his own bloodline family, Solo Jey Uso, I know people wanted Sami Zayn back in Montreal, but that was never going to happen. Uh, that, that was, was never, never going to happen, gonna happen and yeah. probably, and probably <laughs> it probably still won't happen. There was a case. No for Seth until he got the world championship could they go back to the shield dates? but that's out of the question now. So, um, I think your, 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 your options are, are very limited. And I think Cody still leads the pack of that selection. Then maybe Jay Uso. And I think there's nobody else, you know, obviously we got money in the bank coming up and Cody's not not even involved in that. Got his own match with Dominic. So, um, could the winner of that be in line? Damian Priest, the Logan Pauls, the fucking um L A. Knight. So L A. Knight. we gotta yeah. wait and see. But I think I think the story matters more because he is world champion. That that just me. But I think that what they've been doing has been great, great television, great storyline. Now you get the official breakup. Now it's like all right, we get some money to Money the Bank. Then it's like all right, what do you do at the Money the Bank? That's the next. Cause we knew the breakup was gonna happen. It's just like, all right, what what do we what do we do after? Is not now the million dollar question.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, you could do him in Roman or Roman and Jay, Roman and Jimmy. I think there's a strong possibility they could drag this feud out with the Usos and the Bloodline through like the fucking Rumble. Now that sounds ridiculous, but like they have a tendency with Roman to drag stuff out a yeah. long time, and I mean, he's been champion for over a thousand days at this point. Um I just think that there's a really good chance that you could see him Roman Jimmy and then also Roman J like soon after the next pay-per-view two pay-per-views later. You can even get to a point where after the Usos have now broken away from the bloodline as of you know last week, he only has Solo left and Paul Heyman, but you're not going to do Roman and Paul Heyman. You can have Solo break away from Roman as well, probably come the Rumble and that can be a Royal Rumble mm. match. So nothing's out of the ordinary. I would like to see Roman face AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley not because they've been built up at all. I mean, AJ fucking lost a two-minute mixed tag team match to Karrion Cross last week. I mean, he doesn't really feel like a threat to Roman at all. Bobby Lashley hasn't been on the show in like a month and a half. So I just want to see those matches because they're not matches we've seen before with Roman as champion during this run. During his other runs, yeah, not this run. Um, AJ's never beaten Roman. Bobby was one of the final people to beat Roman five years ago, especially clean. I think he was the last person to beat Roman clean five years ago. Um, I would love to see them run that back. The problem is that it just doesn't fit in right now with the Bloodline storyline. Could we get those matches at the end of the year, beginning of next Mm -hmm. year? Yeah. Then you also have to start thinking ahead to WrestleMania. I don't think Roman's losing that championship until WrestleMania. Does he have to wait until Mania? No, I don't think there should be this rule that Roman has to wait until a big pay-per-view to lose it. I don't want him to lose it on SmackDown. I don't want him to lose it at fucking Payback in a couple months. Like, I feel like he should lose into Mania. But that's another year of Roman as champion where he's not really around all that much. Does he lose it to Cody on that show? I think he should. How do we get there? I mean, they'll figure it out as they go along. They have a brand split. Doesn't hasn't really seemed to affect them so far. We've had other people from both shows show up on the other show, and it's only been a month since the draft. Mm. So that doesn't really matter. Um, do you have Cody win the Rumble again? He's not winning Money in the Bank. He's not in the match. So I don't really know what they do. But I still maintain, listen, dude, I'm I'm pretty consistent. I still think Cody should be the one to "Quote unquote," finish the story yeah. and be the one to beat Roman. Most likely at WrestleMania 40 and take the championship. Now, would it mean as much as it would have a year ago? That's the question. We won't know until we get there. In My opinion: it'll be more predictable come that rematch. I still think they should have put the belt on Cody back in Mania 39. My mind will not change on that. My last
0: point on this: Usos, Bloodline, Roman Reigns. I'm thinking as you as you're talking, I'm trying to lay out the the fantasy booking in my head. Like, all right, you get Cody and Roman in Mania, which I think we're all going to fucking get but would you as a fan be upset if cody was to win the win the world title but not clean let's say the usos and solo get get involved but now they're going against roman we saw this this past year solo made cody lose but what if now you fast forward a year later and now the usos and solo are helping cody Rhodes out and then he gets a w are you do you want
1: roman to lose clean or just fucking lose you know anyway how I think he should lose clean. If it's not clean, it depends on how it's done. Um, a couple of months ago when people were pitching Cody to beat Roman, there were pitches from fans to have the Usos kind of like turn their back on Roman. You know, that, that would make sense. But at this point, the Usos are not involved with, um, they, they're not, they're not involved with Roman as far as like, they're not with him anymore. So come WrestleMania, will they still be feuding with Roman? I mean, probably Mm -hmm. not. Um, so, like for example, at Mania This Year, Cody Rhodes almost won. And he won via interference from Sammy and, and Kevin. Oh, he almost won with interference from them. But that was only because they were thwarting the interference from the yeah. Usos and Solo Sokoa. That would have been fine with me. It wasn't it wouldn't have been clean completely, but it would have made sense and it would have been well done. So it depends on the execution. I don't want the fucking rock coming out and his music hitting, and then Roman loses off of it like he's looking at the stage, where's the rock? And then Cody Rhodes hits a crossroads and wins. That'd be dumb. Like I've seen people pitch that before. That'd be incredibly stupid. So I would prefer clean personally, really pass the torch, show that it's not a fluke win and, you know, send the message that whoever beats Roman is the guy or is the guy they are running with for the foreseeable future. Um, But if it's not clean, it depends on how it's booked. All right. uh, Money in the bank. Another week and a half.
0: So right now we got five matches on the card. Don't know if they're going to add, but right now we got five. Uh, We mentioned bloodline. Uh, Civil War, Solo and Roman against the Usos. We got Seth Rollins against Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. Cody against Dominic Mysterio. Uh, we got the Money to Bank ladder match for the women. Zelina, Becky, Zoe, Io, Sky, and Trish. And then the Money to Bank ladder match for the men. Ricochet, Shinsuke, LA Knight, Santos, Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and now, Logan Paul. So now, you told me off the air, like, now, now you feel Logan Paul's gonna win this shit. Before... I think it was last week you probably thought LA Knight or Damian Priest was in the mix. Now with Logan Paul being added without having a fucking qualifying match by the way, <laughs> are you now on the side thinking like hmm Logan Paul could be the guy walking out of Mind the Bang with the briefcase or are you still leaning towards uh, Damian Priest or LA Knight walking out with the the briefcase?
1: My mind hasn't changed on who I want to win. I still think LA Knight should win. I think after the reaction he got on Monday's Raw, I think they'd be fucking dumb not to give him Mm -hmm. the briefcase. Logan Paul is great. And the thing is, is that months ago, people even said like, oh, he could win Money in the Bank. He'd be a good fit for Money in the Bank. I'm not even going to argue with that. I do think in a different year, at a different time, I would want Logan to win Money in the Bank right now. The problem are my two issues with Logan winning. And I think Logan's great. He's had a great run, far better than I think anyone has ever expected him to have in WWE from an in-ring standpoint, specifically my two issues are this one. LA Knight is just so over right now. I think it'd be, you talk about this company, not having stars. They have a potential star in their hands with him. I don't care if he's 40, 45, you need to take advantage of this guy right now while he's still over and not young, but I mean, he doesn't have another 20 Mm. years left, push him to the moon. Now. I mean, they've, they've pushed people before that were, towards the end of their I mean Bobby Lashley was WWE champion at 45 a couple of years ago like who gives a Even shit AJ. he is um AJ Styles same thing he came in when he was like 39 or whatever um listen you got to take advantage of it now there's a lot of people in this company that aren't over should be over aren't they care about LA night why wouldn't you capitalize on that so I would give him the briefcase so that's my first issue I would not have anyone win I, I love Damian too I think Damian's great I want to see him have a main event run as well I don't think anyone winning should come at the expense of LA Knight, who will clearly be the fan favorite in that match in London. I guarantee you. Everyone else, if they attempt to go for that briefcase except for LA Knight, they will probably be booed, whether a face or a heel or Mm -hmm. regardless. Um, The second issue I have with Logan winning is that we already have a part-time champion over on Fridays. Now, does Logan have to win and cash in successfully? No. No, but the track record of the briefcase the last couple of years has been complete fucking trash. I mean, we had Otis won one year. He didn't even cash in. I mean, he lost it to the Miz. What an eight-day run as WWE champion. Last year was Austin Theory, who cashed in on a mid-card championship, dude. And he fucking lost. He lost. In 2022, yeah, I, yeah. at least Big E was one of the more successful ones. He won it. He was a great person to win it. He cashed in, won the championship, had a nice little run for a couple months. But beyond that, the well runs dry. 2019, Brock had it. Why? Brock didn't need to hold it. Braun Strowman didn't cash in successfully. Corbin didn't cash in successfully. Like, if you're going to do the concept, and it's a very tired concept at this point, you need to do it properly and give it to people that should be elevated to that next level. And I think LA Knight is that guy. I would not give it to Logan Paul. To have him cash in unsuccessfully would be dumb. And then if he cashed in successfully, we've already seen seen him in Rollins before, just as recently as a couple of months ago. And like I said, we already have a part-time champion over on Fridays. He would either drop the championship within a month, or he just wouldn't be around. And I think that both ways are very dumb. Give it to LA Knight. I'm thinking Logan Paul will win. Your question was, do I think yeah. he'll win? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. I'm not really sure why else they would add him. Aside just to add star power um, or kick off his next program, which I'm curious who that would be in that match. Right. Damian winning would be fine, but I really just don't think it should be a Logan Paul at this point in time. I think if they went with Logan Paul, with my mind thinking
0: that match will go on first, you get Seth is somewhere in there against um, Finn Balor later on in the, in the night. Seth would beat Finn Balor. And then let's just say Logan Paul says, fuck it. I'm going to catch in on Seth Rollins tonight because me and him got beat from months ago, WrestleMania. I'm doing this now. But the thing is, do you have him beat Seth? Because he's, gonna, he, he, he's a fucking part-timer. He's not everyday Raw, SmackDown, all that. I get it. But you could pull the trigger on giving Paul Logan Paul the title for like a month, like you said, and then like Seth gets the rematch at at SummerSlam. You could do that, but yeah. I, I know what you're saying. That could happen if LA Knight was to win. It's like, all right, he might hold on to that shit. Now, do you think he ain't cashing on on, on fucking Roman Reigns? So the most most likely title for him to cash in on is the World Heavyweight Championship. That could be Seth Rollins when that time comes at. SummerSlam at the Rumble at WrestleMania depends on who's champion by then. But I think Logan Paul could, if he wins, he could cash in the same night. LA
1: Knight, probably at WrestleMania, probably against Seth Rollins. Yeah, I mean, I think LA Knight, it's a lot of interesting options because it depends on when Roman loses, though. Like we established earlier, it's probably never, not until WrestleMania next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roman might be champion for another four or five years. I would like to see someone hold the Brave case and come close to... I mean, this hasn't happened yet. We've had the Money in the Bank concept for almost 20 fucking years now. Almost 20 years. 18 years as of now. No one has ever waited until like the last possible day to cash in. Now, would I wait a year with LA Knight? No. I mean, the guy's over now. I mean, they'd they'd be dumb. Austin Theory, I think, was someone they could have waited with. He cashed in within a couple of months and lost. That was a fucking waste. Um, They could have waited a year with him and had him cash in now. You could have done him and announce it for that pay-per-view. Like, I want to see someone do that. Female, male, doesn't matter. The women have cashed in on the same night they've won it or the day after every year now since 2019. Carmelo was the only person to hold the briefcase for more than 24 hours, which is kind of crazy when you yeah. think about it. And that's got to end this year. They got to have whoever holds it for the women has got to hold it for more than a day, more than a week, whatever. No reason to cash in immediately. Um, but for LA Knight, I think they can have him cash in at some point. If it's on SmackDown, it wouldn't be until after Roman loses. Could Jay Uso win the championship and have LA Knight cash in? Yeah, and I mean it's such a weird thing because they want LA Knight as champion, but I don't want another heel champion on SmackDown for another fucking couple of months. We've already we need a babyface champion after Roman loses for a little while. Yeah. I know we have that on Raw right now with Rollins. We don't need it immediately after Roman loses. Um, He can go to Raw, beat Rollins. That's a fresh program, Rollins and LA Knight. And then you just take someone from Raw and put them on SmackDown. It's that simple um, as a fair trade-off, I would say, because SmackDown shouldn't lose a superstar for no reason. Um, That's probably what I would do, or have him just wait to cash in until after Mania next year. So Um, I would have LA Knight wait a little while, and he could be over, and he can be champion, and it would just make sense. I think Logan Paul, the issue with Logan Paul winning, like you said, is that you know, I I can very much imagine what you said happening where he cashes in at Money in the Bank and they do a rematch at SummerSlam. And then Rollins gets the belt back. But then my question is, what the fuck was even accomplished? Like, Rollins already beat Logan Paul at Mania. So it's not like, oh, he can't beat Logan Paul. We already know we can beat him. They already had their feud from the Rumble through WrestleMania. There's no reason to revisit that. With the championship on the line or not, at least not right now, Logan gets a month-long run out of it again for what? To get new Eyes on the product for a month? I mean, I guess, but I just feel like that's a fucking waste, personally. Because if um, you think, if you I, think I, I, back,
0: that it'll mimic when Edge Edge did it to John Cena. Edge got the, the first ever money in the bank. He cash in New Year's uh, Revolution, and he had it for a month. And then John Cena beat him, beat him at, at, at the Rumble. Then it was like, all right. Then Edge went on to get fucking Big uh, Foley at WrestleMania. So it was like, I've seen it happen. You get it for
1: a month just for the time. You know, I'm transition. not saying it's impossible. I just don't like the idea because Brock did it too. Brock cashed in on Rollins and he had a month long run, and then Rollins beat him back for it at SummerSlam. But, like, why though? <clears throat> the, issue, the, the difference there, though, was that Brock and Rollins, when they did it a couple of years ago, they had a match at Mania that Rollins already won, but it was like two minutes. So, when they extended the program by doing what they did, which I wasn't a fan of, They had a much longer match at SummerSlam. That was an excellent match. Yeah. Even the edge thing. I think he got a fucking three week run out of it. Like you said, I think that was dumb too. I wasn't watching back then, but I think in retrospect that was stupid too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had the live sex celebration on raw. It did massive ratings. He didn't get buried. I'm not saying Logan Paul's not going to get buried. It's Logan Paul. he will be fine regardless. I just don't see what it really accomplishes is my thing. Um, I just, I just think it'd be a waste. So I, I wouldn't even bother putting it on him. I would rather they just give it to LA Knight and then just go from there. Personally. So well, let's see. Uh when the
0: bank happens. Uh, what do we looking at? Oh, July 1st or Saturday. So that's coming up, coming up soon. Uh, we'll see if they add any more matches right now. Again, we said five on the card. Before I let you go, we you know we like to mention some you know throwback anniversary type joints. So we're this on the 22nd. So actually, tomorrow, the 23rd, will be the 27th anniversary of the King of the Ring 96 Stone Cold Austin 316 speech. Uh, For those who haven't seen it, go ahead, check it out. It's been there for quite some time. Um, And I think every year we talk about where does it rank as far as the greatest promos of all time and what it meant to the company back then, what it means now, Um, just the whole culture shift of um, that speech and what it did for that particular character in Stone Cold becoming fucking Mount Rushmore of of professional wrestling. Um, I still think to this day, it's it's tough to rank, meaning could it be number one? Yeah. Could it be like two? Of course. No lower than three. But I think if you're talking about uh, what's the greatest promos ever cut in professional wrestling, there's a lot of machos, there's a lot of Ric Flair's, there's a lot of Dusty's, a lot of Rock's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, uh, Stone Cold, there's a lot of people, uh, even Hogan with the NWO at Bash at the Beach has to be in that top tier. So, but I think for what, for what his speech meant for the company at that time, with the shift of going from the, you know, the new generation era and kind of peeking into the attitude era in, in, in late 96, uh, and what it meant for him and his character, like he was stone cold, but he wasn't stone cold yet. Like he just got nicknamed a month prior. So it it was very, very early Mm -hmm. into that characterization. And, and for him to cut that promo on the fly, which was which wasn't even written or rehearsed, he get this shit on the fly, and it just boomed into probably the best shirt ever made in professional wrestling, the highest selling shirt ever made in, in pro wrestling, and made that company a lot of money. And he became a fucking household name and champion two years later and whatnot. Um, that speech is just so classic and um uh, and I think it was the proper time. Again, I was 13 years old at the time watching on pay-per-view uh, on a fucking illegal cable box. And I'm watching this as a, as a th- young 13-year-old kid like, oh, this is, this is different. This ain't the regular cookie cutter kind of promo. I'll, I'll beat you in this I'll come next week. No, nah, this is different. This is culture changing. So you ask me, this could be my favorite promo of all time. I think it is the top tier promo of all time. Where do you rank Stone Cold's Austin awesome 316 speech of all time, Grand Matthews?
1: I mean, if it's not number one, it's up there. Like you said, it's on the Mount Rushmore. Let's put it that way. I mean, there's a lot of promos you can include there. The Ric Flair promo after he won the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, Dusty Rhodes, Hard Times. If we're including all of wrestling and not just WWE, you know, there's there's a lot of promos you can put on that list. Any Roddy Piper promo or a Warrior promo from back in the day. Um, this would rank up there, not just because of how good of a promo it was, but also because, like you said, it really kicked off the career of Austin and really now he didn't go on to become world champion the no. next day, but anytime people think back on the ascent of Stone Cold, Steve Austin and WWE, that's probably the first thing they think of. There was the Austin era, the kickoff of the Austin era when he won the WWE championship from Shawn Michaels, there was the WrestleMania where he lost to Bret Hart and had that iconic, you know, moment where the blood going down his face, those came later. This was 96. And this was at a time when he was still, at a lower level, mid card level in 96 mm-hmm. coming off the Savio Vega, you know, whatever the 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 fucking lights out match or whatever it was strap Match and, uh, Caribbean strap a couple match. of months earlier, <laughs> Caribbean strap match. Thank you. And the lights went out at the beware of dogs. Yeah, that's, right. that's what I was going for. So he was coming off of that in this show that he could be wow, he has what it takes to be a main event player. Now he wasn't even at SummerSlam that year. He had a what is it, a pre show match. I'm not even sure you can watch this anywhere anymore. Um, with Yokozuna, like a a free-for-all match, I think the show was called. He wasn't even on the main show. So, again, it's not as if he went on to superstardom the next day, but it did kind of show this guy's got it. I mean, he already was cutting those promos in WCW and to an extent in ECW as well. So people knew that he could be a Mm. star. It was more a matter of whether WWE saw him in that same light, and this kind of showed, hey, he does have what it takes to take it to that next level, regardless of what he can do in the ring, and he's a good worker. But on the mic, he's something special. And uh, the Austin 316 signs kicked off almost immediately thereafter. So pretty iconic promo. The delivery is still great and still a great promo all these years later. And, um, yeah, I mean, not even – I think that promo did more for him than winning the King of the Ring even did. Yeah, Winning King of the Ring was whatever. He wasn't out there wearing the dumb crown. It was more so about the promo itself. Had he not cut that promo, would he have still gone on to become a big star? Probably one way or another. But it just, I think, expedited that process. To show people, hey, I belong at the elite level here in WWE.
0: Listen, before we wrap up, I I agree. I think more people remember that pay-per-view for that speech and him winning the fucking king of the ring. So I was like, you know, I I can't even tell you, aside from Jake, who did he beat? I forgot who he beat in the first round. He got cut. I don't even even remember. I don't even know who else was in that tournament.
1: right? Yeah, I think he beat Mark Merrill. And maybe the first round, but... I don't even know who else was in there to be honest. I've seen the show before, but I don't remember who else was even yeah. in the tournament. In retrospect, nah, listen, they had Jake and they had Warrior on the card. It was just you could tell
0: it was a shift from that golden era slash new gen era to the Attitude era with the Bret, the Shawn's, and you know stuff like that. So it was a, a a weird, a weird, but crazy time, and just just to kind of like the the preview of what was what's what was coming down the pipeline in that company. So uh shout out to Stone Gold 27 yep. years. Wow 27 years fucking crazy. We're, we're getting old Graham. We're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> 27 yep. years, man. But uh, listen, man, um yeah the classic promo. Um, Graham Matthews on Twitter at WrestleRance. Bleacher Report, Fan Daily DDT. Go ahead, check out the great work my man Graham does on a weekly basis. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on Amazon Music. Uh, we got some clips going on, youtube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. Also on TikTok at 2 Out of 3 Falls Pod. Go ahead, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Show some love and support for your boys here at the program. From myself, Randy Cruz, Graham Matthews, 2 Out of 3 Falls Podcast. We out.